Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Well, over the next eight weeks, uh, we're going to be doing our refill series, and you should have a refill booklet in your hand. There is a place to take notes in there for you. Also, as you uh, browse through that, you're going to see there is a devotional for every day of this week that leads back into what we're going to be talking about today. And so I want to encourage you, if you didn't get one of those, you can shoot your hand up in the air, and I know one of the ushers will grab one for you right now. Hey, ushers, where are you at? Grab the refill. Uh, I made people raise their hands, and they're holding them. Ushers, where you at? Somebody. There you go. Come on quickly, guys. There's some right here that need manuals up front here. Um, the person in the cast is the one bringing them. Fantastic. Put your hands down for now. We'll get your hands up again in a minute. I don't know where our ushers are at. Um, grab some. Okay, we got some right here, Tom. Shoot your hand up if you need one right here. We got two people right here. Anybody else you need one? Uh, two people right here. And uh, you can follow along over the next uh, six days with uh, the devotionals. That'll be awesome. They're also going to be posted online. And every week you're going to be getting one of these manuals. And um, uh, so you don't need to bring that one back. But what I would love is I would love to hear back from you. This is something new we started, and we're just testing it out, see how it works out. And so we'd love to hear back from you. If you like it, you enjoy it, it's practical, it works for you, um, let us know. That would be awesome. So over the next eight weeks, refill. Why are we talking about refill? Here's why we're talking about refill. Everyone stops and put gas in their car, right? Because you don't want to run out of gas. Uh, we plug in our computers, at least I do, I have a laptop, and so sometimes it's unplugged, sometimes it's plugged in, but if I want to use it, I need to charge it, and so I plug it in. Uh, we recharge our phones. Uh, I don't know about you, but since I got the iPhone, my phone is never off, and so it's either charging or it's on me, and I recharge it. Why? Because I don't want it to die. Um, I, I happen to have the green thumb in the family uh, so far, and so I'm the one that's in charge of all the plants, and so I water those plants, especially in this weather we've been having, because I don't want them to die. But the question question we want to ask ourselves over the next eight weeks is how do we refill? How do you and I as, as Christians, how do you and I as humans, how do we refill ourselves? And we're going to be talking about that um, because we need to know what it is to refill ourselves. Um, you know, the Bible makes it very clear that we're made up of three parts. We're made up of spirit, soul, and body. And I don't think this is rocket science to anybody. Even the psychologists of the world, people like Freud, they named it something different. I was a psychology major, and they didn't call it spirit, soul, and body. They used words like id, ego, and superego. Still three parts that make us up. And, uh, and yet the Bible says it's spirit, soul, and body. Every single one of us here today, we know when our body starts to get depleted. And, uh, man, you don't have to drive very far, and you can find a restaurant right around the corner, Right? Um, you know, uh, you can find a McDonald's, God forgive you. You can find a Burger King. Uh, I don't know if that's any better. Whatever. You can find hundreds of fast food restaurants. Or if you want to sit down, there's places to stop. Why? Because people need to feed themselves because they don't want their body to get depleted. We do the same thing with our soul. We feed our soul. Uh, we go to movies. We do activities. We go to games. We watch television, whatever it is. What is that? That's feeding our soul. And although there's nothing wrong with feeding those things, the one that gets neglected the most is our spirit. Yet we are, we are spirit beings. It is our spirit that's going to live on forever. And so we need to know what it is to feed our spirit. And so we're going to talk about that over the next eight weeks. How do we feed our spirit? How do we get ourselves refilled? How do we get ourselves to the point of being filled? I want you guys filled, but more than that, God wants you to be filled. And if you're here this morning and you're feeling a little bit depleted, God wants you to feel refilled. Why? Because there's nothing worse than being drained. There's nothing worse than being on a road trip and running out of gas. Come on, somebody. 
How many of you guys out there, you've been on a road trip, and maybe the road trip was your house to work, okay? But you were on a road trip, right? And you were in your car, and you were driving, and you ran out of gas. Can I have any honest people out there? Come on. Thank you. Thank you, okay? How many of you guys were on your way to church this morning, and you ran out of gas? Okay? They're not here yet. Okay. You get in your car, and you're on a journey. You're driving somewhere, and that's that, that feeling when you look at that, 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 that little needle, and it's heading towards empty, and you're like, oh, I hope there is a gas station around the corner. We, we did a road trip last summer, and we decided to take the back way through uh, Washington and the back way through Oregon and then through Nevada and then drop into California. It was enjoyable, but I will never do it again. And because there was a stretch of like seven hours where we saw nothing. And by nothing, I literally mean, well, that's not true. We saw a couple owls that almost flew into the car. True story. It was open range area. There were cattle walking across the road. This is no joke. But for seven hours, and I was watching my needle approaching E, and I started to get worried. We didn't end up running out of gas. Uh, But I know that feeling of running out of gas. And there's nothing worse than that. I was in Hawaii before I met my wife, and, uh, and probably I wouldn't, you know, it was a great trip. Anyway, another story for another time. And uh, so I went over there to meet a buddy of mine who I played basketball with in college, and I went over, he lived in Hawaii, and we met, and I was there for a week. And uh, he, this guy, man, he is the epitome of island time, okay? If something, now, if you're, if you're Hispanic, you know what I'm talking about, praise Jesus, all right? You're on Mexican time. Island time, Mexican time, very similar. If something starts at 10, it means it starts at 1230, okay? We're going to start a 1230 service right here, and we're going to advertise it at 10. Come on, it's going to be our Spanish-speaking service. I'm just joking. Forgive me. Whoa, whoa. Well, forgive me, Jesus. Come back. Okay. And we, I was in Hawaii, and he was on island time the whole time. And so it was the day we were supposed to fly out, and, uh, and my alarm goes off, and I'm getting ready. And I realize Dennis, my friend, is not awake. And our flight leaves like in two hours. He's not too far from the airport, but I'm like, we should probably get going, check in, get luggage and stuff like that. And so I go wake him up, and he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll be all right. This is, everything's on island time here. We'll be okay. I'm like, all right. And so uh, then I, I, I'm ready. I got my bags packed. I don't see him. I walk into the, the kitchen, and he's, and, he's, and he's cooking eggs and rice. Come on, somebody. And I'm like, Dennis, we got to go, man. I don't want to miss my flight. Oh, hold on. I got time, you know. And so he scarfs down his eggs and his rice. And then I was like, hey, did you arrange a car? All he had was a motorcycle, and he had to take two of us to the airport. He's like, oh, no, I forgot to do that. And so he goes outside his house, knocks on his neighbor door. No joke. Yo, Jimmy, you up? Jimmy, can I borrow your car? I'm like, oh, my gosh. So he gets Jimmy's car, we get in Jimmy's car, and Jimmy's car is almost out of gas. Yeah, and so we get going, and I notice we're going away from the airport, and I'm like, Dennis, where are you going? Oh, I just need to stop and pick up my paycheck real quick. I'm like, dude, like, you get us there first, then you can pick up your paycheck. No, no, we'll be fine, we got plenty of time. He literally stops the car, I kid you not, in the middle of the road, doesn't park, puts it in park, gets out, car's just sitting in the middle of the road, walks in, he's in there for like 15 minutes grabbing his paycheck, comes back out, leaves the car running the whole time. So we're going now, we're going to the airport, and uh, I'm looking at the gas tank, and I'm like, Dennis, I don't think we're going to make it. He's like, no, it's only two more exits up there. We're going to make it. And I'm like, Dennis, we're not going to make it. He's like, dude, chill out. Island time. I said, Dennis, we're not going to make it. And as I'm saying that, also in the car, I go, and I look at him, I'm like, stop it, you're joking. He's like, dude, we're running out of gas. I'm like, been trying to tell you. We are one exit away. I can see the exit for the airport. We run out of gas alongside the road in Hawaii. And so I get out of the car, and I'm like, I'm making this. I have to work on Monday. This is like Friday, and I have to work on Monday. I get out of the car, and he's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm running to get gas, man. 
And so I'm running down the road in the, the freeway in Hawaii, kid you not, and it starts pouring down rain. It hasn't rained our entire trip, but now it's pouring down rain. I'm running down the freeway, the side of the freeway in Hawaii, and, and all of a sudden a truck comes pulling up next to me, and I thought my life's over. And he pulls up next to me, he goes, hey, what do you need? And I said, I need gas. He goes, jump in. So I jump in, he pulls into the gas station, yells something to the gas station attendant, doesn't even pay for the gas, only in Hawaii. And gets me a gas tank, fills it up, and drives me back to the car. We pour the gas, and I'm soaking wet. We get to the airport. We check in. We're running through the airport with our bags. We get to the counter, and I said, I'm here for flight 251. And the lady looks at me and goes, that one over there, and it's flying away. The upside to the story is that I couldn't get a flight for a whole other week, so I was stuck in Hawaii for a week. Come on, somebody. Okay? I lost my job, but I was stuck in Hawaii for a week. And I remember that feeling of being out of gas, having a destination I was supposed to be at, having a place I needed to be that was very important, but yet not having the gas to get to that place. Ladies and gentlemen, life can be a lot like that sometimes. You have an end goal. You have something in mind. God has something for you to obtain. God has a purpose for your life. God has destiny for you. But yet oftentimes it feels like we're running out of gas in this journey called life. Does anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? And you so badly want to reach that destination. You so badly want to reach that place, but yet you're, you're pulled off alongside the road of life and you can see the exit, but you don't know how you're going to get there yet. Why? Because life has a way of draining us. Circumstances have a, a way of draining us. People have a way of draining us. All of these things begin to suck the fuel out of us and leave us unable to get to the place we want to go. Pain has a way. But I got good news for you. Let me read this verse to you. I think it's going to be on the screens. I want you to catch this this morning. It's Isaiah, and then we'll go to Psalms here in just a minute. Isaiah 42, verse 3. If you feel drained this morning, I got good news for you. Listen to this verse. A bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. You might feel like you're running low of fuel. You might feel like you're, you're running out of steam. But the word of the Lord to you this morning is this, a bruised reed. Have you ever been hurt before? You ever been offended before? You ever found yourself in a circumstance, in a situation where maybe pain starts to deplete, deplete something in you? Listen to the verse. A bruised reed he will not break. He won't allow it to be broken. A faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. Ladies and gentlemen, this is my prayer for you over the next eight weeks, that this verse, Isaiah 42, 3, that you would hold on to it and that refill wouldn't just be something we talk about, but refill would be something that begins to happen inside of you, that you would find the hope you're looking for, you would find the answers you're looking for, and you would find it in Jesus Christ. Can you say Amen. Amen, amen. He's not gonna let you burn out. He's gonna fill you up. And I believe that with all my heart. Psalm 122. Today I wanna talk to you about being refilled by being plugged in to church. Psalm 122. Starting in verse one. I was glad when they said 
to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I like that. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And now here we are, standing inside your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a a well-built city. Its seamless walls cannot be breached. All the tribes of Israel, the Lord's people, make their pilgrimage there. They come to give thanks to the name of the Lord as the law requires of Israel. Here stand the thrones where judgment is given, the thrones of the dynasty of David. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Let me pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is is amazing. God, I pray that in the next few moments that, God, you would speak to us so clearly from your word. That today, God, you would help me articulate uh, to, to Canvas how being plugged in can help get us refilled. Lord, I pray you would use me this morning, speak through me. And at the end of the day, God, we give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, everyone said Amen. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Being refilled by being plugged in to the church, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. David is the one that wrote this psalm. And he wrote this psalm. It's actually one of 15 psalms that, that, are, that, are, that are kind of put together. Psalm 120 through Psalm 134. And these are called Psalms of Degrees or or, or Stepping Psalms or Psalms of Ascent. And the reason they're called Psalms of Ascent is because David wrote these psalms and and the children of Israel, as they were coming into Jerusalem, the house of the Lord, they were to begin to sing these songs. And as they would sing these songs and progress towards Jerusalem, they would move to the next song, and then the next song, and then the next song. And all of them are comprised of praise, worship, and glory to God, such as Psalm 122. I love how it starts out, I was glad. It's the third of the 15. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Jerusalem, back in that time, was known as the house of the Lord. This is the place where the children of Israel would gather together for their holy feasts and their holy times. It was a place that they would make pilgrimage all around around the, the villages, the cities, the towns, and they would come here and gather together, and together, corporately, they would worship God. And together, corporately, it was called the house of the Lord. We could rephrase it this way today. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to church. I was glad when they said, why? Because all of us made pilgrimage from wherever we live, some El Cajon, some North County, wherever it is, your apartment, your house, and you made pilgrimage here to come together to meet with God. And together we are the church. And I don't know about you, but this morning when I got up out of bed, I was excited to come to church. I don't know about you, but when the band began to play this morning, come on, somebody. I like music. Anybody else out there like music? Man, and we had the band up here, and they were amazing today. I mean, Eli, I don't know where you're at out there, but buddy, I love your voice, wherever you're at. And then we had the ladies over, and they had the piano. Mm. Loved it. When I was standing there worshiping, 
Or maybe dancing a little bit. I know I can't dance. I'm a tall, white, skinny dude, but it's all right. When I'm in the house of the Lord, I can dance. And if you laugh at me, lightning will strike you dead. <laughs> Don't laugh. I'm telling you, everybody laugh. <laughs> man, and I was in this place, and I was just like, man, I'm so excited to be here. When I was running around with about 50 partners in ministry at, at, at 7.45 in the morning to get the place set up, I was just looking around, and it was just so exciting. There's something so awesome about the house of the Lord. There's something so awesome about church. And David recognized it back then as he pens this psalm under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. What do I want people to sing as they're making their journey to the house of the Lord? What do I want people to think about when they're making their way to church? I want them to be excited. I want them to be happy. I want them to be glad. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to church. Why was David glad? Why was David happy? Because he realized something. When the church comes together, something supernatural begins to happen. When the church comes together and they begin to worship God, even as they did back then, maybe it looked a little bit different. They, they offered sacrifices, and rather than pianos, they had hearts. But they worshiped together. As the body of Christ, as the church. And when David thought about the church, when David thought about the house of the Lord, he was excited because he knew, man, when we come together, we're filled. We're filled. I was glad. And then he goes in. I love what he does here. David then goes in and he begins to describe what he sees. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord, and now here we stand, he says. Now here we are. And as he looks around, this is how he described it, with enthusiasm. He said the church is beautiful. Jerusalem, it's a well-built city. It's gorgeous. It's, 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 it's so beautiful to look at. He described it as beautiful. He described the church as strong. And the church is beautiful. The church is strong. Just look around you. Can you see it? Here we stand. It's beautiful. The church is strong. He described it as having community. People pilgriming from all over to come together. Maybe they haven't seen each other since the last holy feast. He's thinking about people he meant the last time. And he's excited to see his brothers and sisters in Christ. It's beautiful. It's strong. has community. It's full of celebration. There was gladness. There was worship taking place. There was celebration. See, when some of you walked into church today, maybe you're not used to church canvas style. Or maybe you've never been to church before and, and, and you're looking to connect spiritually and you walked in, you're like, whoa, what's, what's this? This is church. This is, I loved having Denise over. Did you guys see Denise over here? She was holding back a little bit, too, I could tell. She was starting to get into it, but she was holding back. Can I do this next time? Just break loose, girl. <laughs> Man, there's celebration. It's exciting to be in church. Now, listen to me. I'm not trying to tell you this because this is the way I want Canvas to be. I'm telling you this because this is the way David, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, saw the church. Strong, beautiful community celebration. You can say Amen. Look at it. Look at verse 5. Here stand the thrones where judgment is given. There's wisdom in the church. There's wisdom. 
in the church. Why? Because the church doesn't preach its agenda. The church preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the church that preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ, man, there's wisdom. There's wisdom in the Bible. If you believe that, say amen. 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 I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to church. What is the church? Pastor, I didn't didn't think the church was a building. It's not. Church isn't a building. Someone asked me the other day, hey, when do you think you guys are going to get your own building? I don't know if we'll ever get our own building. This one seems to be working just fine. Why spend lots of money on a building when we have this? And our money goes to the school district and it blesses the school district because Lord knows they need it. But then we get to walk into this. This, is, this ain't bad. I know that your seats aren't cushioned. Bring your own. <laughs> or I'll make some canvas ones and sell them to you for $10. Come on, somebody. <laughs> no, the church isn't a building. I heard someone say once, well, I'm the church. Yeah, you, you heard the video today. I, I'm the church. Yeah, you are the church. That's right. You are the church. Matter of fact, the word used in the New Testament, the Greek word is the word ecclesia. And that word ecclesia means called out ones. Anyone who's been called out of darkness and brought into his marvelous light, you're called out, you are the church. Absolutely, that is you. Used over 140 times in the New Testament, ecclesia, church, called out ones. 1 Peter 2.9 tells us we were called out of darkness into his marvelous light. I don't know about you, but that alone gets me excited to go to church. Ecclesia, called out ones, that's you. Yeah, you're the church. Absolutely. Well, then, pastor, why do I need to be here? Why do I need to come? Can't I just wake up in the morning and be the church? Let's be honest, you've tried that. It didn't work. Well... Yeah, you're the church. All Christ followers. But listen, the Bible talks about this too. 1 Corinthians 12, we're a many-membered body. A many-membered body. David saw it this way. Yeah, you're the church, but when we come together, also we is the church. We could take this to the beach. Come on, somebody. I could be standing on a surfboard preaching right now. But my surfing skills aren't that good. And we can still be the church. We could get locked out of this building, meet in the courtyard, be the church. Because there's something so powerful when we come together, when we find ourselves together. Together we make up the church. How can I explain this? Together. Yeah, are you the church? Anyone who's called out is the church, but together. Let me use this example, a chair. Not like the one you're sitting in necessarily, but a chair. Let me grab a chair. I'll be back in five seconds. Let me go find one. Chair. Thank you for whoever left that there. Chair. This chair is made up of many parts. It's got the back. It's got the seat. It's got the legs. And all those parts coming together Make up the chair. The leg, what is that? It's a chair. The seat, what is that? It's a chair. The back, that's a chair. Chair. And when the chair is together, it serves a purpose. 
When, I, when this chair has all four legs and it's got the back, I mean, I can sit in it. Hmm. That's actually a comfy, ugly chair. It's the chair, together. All pieces together, it makes up the chair. It has a purpose, it has a function, it, it creates something for me to sit in. Now, if I was to take these legs off the chair and put the legs over there, I said, hey, what is that? Well, that's a chair. Th- that belongs there. It's, it's a part of that. But now this chair doesn't serve purpose because if it didn't have the front legs, it would be real uncomfortable. It's still the chair. It should be a part of that. But over here, are you with me this morning? It's still the chair. See you by yourself? Are you the church? Yes. But just like if that leg is off and over here, is it still supposed to be a part of that? Is it still the chair? Yes. But it cannot fulfill its purpose until it's linked in to the other parts. Oh, it's getting quiet. Can you love Jesus without coming to church? Yes. Can you be the church without coming? Can you be the church without coming together as a body? Yes. But will you fulfill the ultimate purpose and plan God has for your life by not being plugged into church? No. And listen to me, there's lots of great churches in San Diego. Yes, I'm a little bit partial to this one. Yes, I think you found a great one. Yes, I think you should stay. But there's lots of great ones out there. But the point is get plugged in so that you can create something of purpose. Amen. Good preaching, Pastor. Tell that. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Together we're the church. Together we have purpose. I was reading through some articles this last week, the New York Times Sunday Review from April 20th. And it had this article entitled, The Benefits of of church. New York Times. Let me read it. One of the most striking, I won't read the whole thing. One of the most striking scientific discoveries about religion in recent years is that going to church weekly is good for you. Wow. Religious attendance boosts the immune system, decreases blood pressure. Come on now. Some of you need that. It may add as much as two to three years to your life. Oh, you, that, I wonder what would happen if I went to church five times a week. I would add 10 years to my life. This is the article. The reasons for this are not entirely clear. And then it goes on and cites some things they think it might be. Community is one of them which, according to David, is a big part of church. But listen to me. New York Times might not know the reason, but I'm here to tell you the reason is because of Jesus Christ, because of his presence, because of his grace, because of his glory. Getting on you and in you, you will be different. Are you with me? Think about that. You got high blood pressure? Stop taking your meds. Get yourself to church. No, take your meds too. I'm not a doctor. But get yourself to church. Get to church, man. That's a good place to be. 
Man, all those years you took off your life smoking cigarettes? Come on, somebody. Go to church. Get three of them back. There's benefits to going to church. David saw the benefits, and he said, I was glad. I was excited. I was overjoyed. I was thrilled. I couldn't wait. I was the first one in. I could not I brought my family up early. I got them dressed, and we made the journey. I was the first one in there. So I was excited to go to church. I was excited because there, there I get filled. There I get filled. But listen to me this morning. Make no mistake about this. Ladies and gentlemen, church isn't the source that fills you. Church is the resource in which God chooses to use to fill you. Church. Now, Canvas Church doesn't, you know, have any magical pixie dust. None of the other churches have that. Church is not the source that fills you. It's the resource in which God chooses to use to fill you and I. And when we come to church together, his anointing flows, his presence flows, his grace flows, something beautiful is created, a place where we can find rest, refreshing, and be refilled. I was glad when they said unto me, is anybody getting anything out of this today? When they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. The Bible says in Matthew 18, 20, where two or three are gathered together, there he is. Where two or three are gathered together, there he is. And in his presence is the fullness of joy. And at his right hand are, are, are pleasures forevermore. There's benefits to going to church. It's not the source, it's the resource. It is God's presence that fills us. But when we come together, there he is. There's his presence and we find him. The Bible says in James 4, 8, draw near to God and he will, he will draw near to you. Church is one big step in drawing near to God. Whew. Have you guys ever felt this way before? And Just think through it. I know I have, even as the pastor. There are days, today, I was here early. There was a lot to do. I actually got a little bit short with my wife at one point. Will you forgive me? I love you. It's hard for me to get short. I'm tall. <laughs> but I did. Today was one of those days, but man, the minute I walked into this place and saw faces and shook hands, and I was just like, and then the worship started. I was just like, you ever had that day before where you're maybe a week? Oh, it's been a bad week, but you get to church and you walk out of church. Bobby, I worked hard today. I did. You should have saw me. People saw me earlier. I had like my, my, my basketball shorts on and my cut off sleeves showing my guns. Why are you laughing? I was drenched. But can I tell you something? I am so refreshed and refilled right now. I, mean, I could go for a couple more hours. Uh, maybe not. I was glad. I was happy. I was excited. Church is not the source. It's the resource in which God chooses. 
use to fill us. How, how does this work? Let me just, just close with this thought. How does this work? How does this work? Spirituality without church is like eating spaghetti without a utensil. I mean, spaghetti lovers out there? Yeah. I mean, just think your big pile of spaghetti with your red sauce, with Italian sausage or meatballs, whatever you prefer. Hmm. It's almost lunchtime. <laughs> and the plate gets sat down in front of you, and there is your plate, but you got no fork and no spoon because the proper way to eat it, come on, somebody, you know, right? No knife, and it's just sitting there. I don't know about you, but when I go to a restaurant, I order food, and they serve me my food, and I have to wait for, I'm sorry, could I get some utensils? And then it takes them like 10 minutes. To, oh, dear Jesus, have mercy. I'm hungry. I want to eat. But just think, no utensils, and now you've got to get that spaghetti in your mouth. And you just dive in. And you just... Are you, are you seeing the imagery? Sauce getting all over you. Meatball rolling onto the floor. Spaghetti falling out and you do, oh. And you, you get it in. Spirituality without our church is like that. Oh, you'll get some in your mouth, but you're gonna get really messy in the process. There's something that the Bible talks about safety in the counsel of many. When we come to church, what did David say? David said there's wisdom there. When we worship together, discover God together. Listen, I've met some people that don't go to church and they say they love Jesus and they start to talk to them about Jesus and the Jesus they're talking about is completely different than the one I'm reading about in the Bible. I think what you meant is you love Jesus. I love Jesus. I don't know. Spirituality without church is like trying to fill your car up with gas without a gas station. Could you imagine pulling up to a pond of gas? I'm running low. I'm almost on E. Oh, there's the pond. Undo the thing. And then you just get your hands and you're like. Or if you brought your own hose. Come on, has anybody ever siphoned gas before? Yeah, good thing you're still alive. Right? Spirituality without church is, is like that. It's just this whole mess of gas, and I'm just going to try to get some in my life. Spirituality without church is like power without an outlet. That thing that we all take for granted, we plug our computer in, our phone in, and just somehow, miraculously, juice is sucked from that, through that cord, thrown into your computer, and it still works. Could you imagine having to wait for a lightning storm? Get your kite out? Got to charge my phone, got to charge my phone, got to charge my phone. Got to charge, oh, computer. Do you imagine running around? 
What are you doing, charging my phone? But see, that's what we look like. If we call ourselves a Christian and we're not plugged into church, we're chasing the next conference. We're chasing the next, well, I like that speaker over there. They, they, they really fill me up. Oh, he preaches a good word over here. Oh, my friend goes to this one. Oh, I like the worship at this one. Oh, I like... That is not the way God intended you to live your life. He intended you to have an outlet that you could just come and say, you know what, I've had a bad week. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like that. That's the prong. How do you go to plug it in? Whatever. And this is why David said, with enthusiasm, with excitement, with passion, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord, because there I will find beauty, there I will find strength, there I will find community, there I will be able to celebrate, there I will find wisdom. And if I'm broken, and if I'm hurting, and if I'm in pain, the Lord says to me, a bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord because there I will find wisdom, I will find beauty, I will find strength, I will find community. And if I'm hurting and I'm in need, I will find brothers and sisters that can lift me up in that time of need. There I will find the grace of God that can strengthen me, that can comfort me, that can fill me. So I walk out different than when I walked in. Because a bruised reed he cares about. Because a drained person, he's looking for. Because he wants to give his beloved rest. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that the house of God, the church, getting plugged in, fills us. Hallelujah. God, we love you today. Hallelujah. God, we love you today. Hallelujah. Jesus, we love you, Lord. You're worthy, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you just close your eyes for a minute as we conclude. I, I don't know what brought you to church today. I don't know if you came because a friend invited you. Maybe you're here because you got one of our flyers or someone yesterday hung a door hanger on your door. Maybe you found us on the web, maybe you found us online, but you're here today. And no matter what the external reasons are that brought you, I know this to be true. It's his spirit that, that drew you here today because he loves you, he cares about you, and he wants to fill you up. He wants to fill you up. If you're here today and you feel bruised, he's got your back. If you're here today and you feel like, man, the energy's being depleted, he wants to fill you up. He wants to give you strength. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today. 
For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.